You're listening to another episode of the Anavivo podcast. Thank you for your time. it is you know what this means this is a high energy dj mix with your host that's me tim c miller of the anavivo podcast you're listening to another episode right here in the month of january and uh we are doing one on uh, something interesting. So I'm, what I'm going to do before I tell you the topic is I'm just going to read to you. They already know the topic. No, they saw the title. Th- no, stop. No title. Also, let me introduce you to Sizzly Steve. Sizzly Steve, you're what on What it there. do. What it do. Okay. <clears throat> In that day, the Lord will punish Leviathan, the fleeing serpent. No, 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 no. Read the account from Job. No, I'm getting there. Okay. Don't interrupt the the holy scriptures. In the, that day, the Lord will punish Leviathan, the fleeing serpent, with his fierce and great and mighty sword, even Leviathan, the twisted serpent, and he will kill the dragon who lives in the sea. Dun dun dun. Okay, next. Let those curse it who curse the day who are prepared to rouse Leviathan. Let the stars of its twilight be darkened. Let it wait for the light but have none, and let it not see the breaking. What are dawn. these? What are you reading? No, read it from Job. <laughs> this is, this Job is, describes this. It. Is, here, let me let me get this you is scripture. Here. That was Job. Behold, three, that was Job three eight in its <laughs> loins, in his power, in the muscles of his belly. His heart is as firm as a stone, and his heart is a piece of the nether milestone. When he rises up, the mighty are afraid by reason of breaking their purify. Purify. Okay. By, by reason of breaking. They purify themselves. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He drinks up the river without difficulty. He thrusts that cannot be drawn up the Jordan of the mouth. Mm. Who can draw out the Leviathan with a hook? Nothing. You know, he's got like scales that are like shields. Every time he snorts, fire comes out, you know? <laughs> Stuff like that. You gotta like do this. <laughs> All right. Uh, you're reading from Job as well. I, I read from the beginning of Job. You're at the end of Job. And, and then I, the one before that I read from was from Isaiah. Yes. Okay. okay. Yes. A big boy. <laughs> His legs are like timbers. Ah, the timbers. Of iron. Uh, timbers of iron. <laughs> yeah, so that's our topic for today is the Leviathan and the Loch Ness Monster. And uh, specifically, what we wanted to talk about, uh, first of all, I wanted to introduce back on the show, uh, this week only, Sizzly Steve. And um, we are talking about the Leviathan and... The Loch Ness monster and and maybe other creatures like that. Who this, can really say? This week only did I lose my subscription to <laughs> Anavivo. <laughs> You're losing your co-hosting <laughs> seat here by the fireplace. 
okay, it is very windy out while Stephen gathers his thoughts here. It is very windy. The day is uh, blustery, and um, but it's not very wet thanks to the Olympic rain shadow. So we've got a lot of wind, uh, but it's dry, which is nice. All right. That has been your weather update. Sizzly Steve. Cool. So what do we want to talk about in the scripture there specifically with I, the Leviathan? So what I'm thinking is people are talking <clears throat> about, you know. These these creatures, the Mothman that we did the uh, YouTube uh, short on the other day. Um, all sorts of different things. Random no, things. the okay. Loch Ness Monster. Oh. Massive sea creature. Pleiadoridon. The Pleiadoridon. <laughs> <laughs> um, and... The Bible talks about the Leviathan when mm-hmm. uh, the very first time it ever talks about it was with Job. And um, God talks to Job and says, listen, I made the Leviathan mighty and dangerous. Who can control him? Right. And that's the very first instance. Who but, can pull him out with a hook? Yeah, yeah. But, but when have we ever seen the Leviathan ever again? And <clears throat> is it just one creature or is it a whole species? Right. And um, is the Loch Ness Monster the Leviathan? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if we look at the description in Job, and you read uh, the description there, the the belly, the legs, the neck, I mean, it all seems to point, scholars have said it would most likely be a Pleosaurus-type creature. Something that's obviously living in the water, so it's a water creature, um, but there's also been scholars that have said it's a crocodile, just a massive yeah. crocodile. So, you know, yeah, but what crocodiles snort fire and have legs like cedars. So out of his mouth, go flaming torches, sparks of fire leap forth. Right. You know, and, I mean, and we almost every culture has uh, these myths of dragons that have that ability. And so I would, you know. You look at the medieval times, even it was a, a knight's most noblest duty to go out and kill a dragon, and that's when you gained your knighthood. And so, there's a um, very real chance that these beasts that are now extinct, obviously, because who wants dragons living in your forest, eating your sheep, or destroying your castles, or living in the water that you're trying to? Um, trying to fish at who wants these things just leave, living around. So there's a very real chance that these were all uh, hunted to extinction uh, purposely, intentionally. Uh, I, I'm sure that um, mercenaries, uh, sailors, uh, ships would go out and hunt them like they did, uh, you know, whaling expeditions. They would do um, sea dragon expeditions and so uh, and come back with uh, to collect the bounty and stuff like that. So, um what do you guys think, listeners? There is an option for you to respond back to us via email at tim.c.miller at outlook.com or uh, on our Facebook page um, or on uh, Instagram or you know wherever you want to respond back to this episode directly as well. Um, but what's interesting to us is this concept of these beasts that are no longer with us. And yet we still see in sculpture in writings on actual maps, um, the existence of these creatures. And it's not just a particular, 
um, society either. It's multiple different societies that have these, uh, similar to dinosaurs, right? Every, every culture has their dinosaur paintings and, um, and sculptures and things like that too. So, so I just had a great conversation with our father who we share you and me. Yeah. We share that. Our father, we do share that One, one thing in common at least. Um, well, there's two parents, so okay. Two two things we in common. Two, two things in common. <laughs> um, we were talking about the history of sailors and how they used to store their food in lead jars. Oh, that's healthy. Isn't that healthy? <laughs> and so we we're thinking. We came to the same conclusion that they all just went mad. <laughs> they all went mad, and that's where all these like sea famous. Creatures. You know, sea stories come from. Oh, we saw our mast light on fire, and the whole sail lit up, and and then it went out, and all of a sudden we just kept sailing. And it's like, okay, <laughs> I think you're going crazy from lead you're poisoning. You're just high. Or we saw this <laughs> giant sea serpent, the size of you know, right? And it's just a dude that pulled up an octopus on his fishing line. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you've just ate too many peaches out of the lead jar. Yeah. So, um, so are you saying that? Are you suggesting that the images we find in scripture, they did are... not use lead jars that early in scripture? So that verse is from Job, which was one of the oldest. Is one of the oldest. Un- However, un- undated. Yeah. I think because it talks about there's there's some verses in there that make me think it's a lot newer than. Uh, we're led to believe. And we're led to believe. <laughs> Anyways, um, lead jars were not used any time the Bible was written. But as for, like, the other books, Odyssey and that kind of stuff. Oh, sure. Where there's hearing mermaids and sirens exactly. calling you to the sea. and yeah, er- The all, selkies of the Welsh land. All the food they're eating is out yeah. of a lead jar. They're just which... horny and uh, high is what we're, exactly. what we're realizing. Their brain is slowly deteriorating. <laughs> they're just... I saw a manatee, and I haven't seen a woman in three years (laughs) since I've been at sea, and I don't have Twitter. So uh, that's probably a mermaid. Yes, and (laughs) And my peaches from the lead jar make me sure that that's a woman. (laughs) That poor sailor man is like, please stay away from me. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, Over there to tackle manatees. But yeah, so let me uh, tell you about the Loch Ness Monster, which... um, you know, it doesn't really have that many similarities because it's more of a Pleiadoradon. Yeah, well, that's what I was just saying. You know, some of the scholars from the biblical text would argue that it was a Pleosaurus that it's describing. Some would say the alligator, but others would say the Pleosaurus. Obviously not with the fire, but with the body style, the water, uh, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So let me... Um... As a kid, I was very intrigued in finding the Loch Ness Monster. It's sort of like, at least it, when I was growing up, it was our generation's like last living mystery mystery thing. It was like so relevant. People were still having sightings as, as a kid for it me. It was so relevant, like you knew it was out there. Well, like, like people were like having sightings right now, as opposed to these other creatures where like back in 1920, this thing happened. Like, no, this was happening... Right now, in the 90s, in the 80s, in the early 2000s, people were still getting these grainy footages. You know, nobody had cell phones, right? So nobody's out there. In, in the my, early stages of computers. Right. So I'm out there in, in my kid mind. I'm like, man, I could be out there. We could just get a whole boat, a, a line of boats with nets and just sort of go across the 
the lake methodically and and dredge up whatever we can find. And then I read something about how they did that with uh, sonar uh, uh, floor mapping, and they found all of these um, actual locks. That's why they call it the locks, <clears throat> is because it was like a like a massive flood happened. Weird that then uh, caused all of these uh, rifts in the ground throughout the country there, and then when the ocean receded, uh, it left these locks, these these um, really deep fissures in the earth full of water. And so when they were doing the sonar mapping, it made it look like this this creature could have actually been, been hiding anywhere in there because there's all these crevices and cave, underwater cave systems and things like that that are in this, in this lake. It's not just a big sandy bottom. Um, and fishermen have found these big bones. People have found these big... Uh, uh, source bones washed up on the side of the the lake there and and stuff like that so it was always really uh fascinating to me to think about you know how late one of these creatures could still be living um in the lake there so so the first occurrence of the Loch Ness monster was in the 20th century 1933 it's called the surgeon's photograph mm depicted a long-necked creature emerging from the lock ignited global intrigue. So it's in, um, where are we here? It's the Scottish Highlands, Freshwater Lock. Um, Very well said. They named it, nicknamed it the Nessie. Because of Loch Ness. And um, there is just this, Famous photograph that's that showed this long-necked creature emerging from the th- from the water, essentially. And this was back when photographs were first invented, so it's perfect. Yeah, and so <laughs> someone painted on their photograph and and sent it to all their buddies on Facebook before Photoshop. Um, and then after that, there was there's no definitive proof, obviously. Right, but obviously a- after that. Photographs just started exploding mm-hmm. up up and down, you know. Money talks, everything else walks. Yeah. How much money can I get for this photograph of Nessie? And it and it turned the area of um Scotland into a massive um global enigma, whatever. A tourist zone. Yeah, tourist yeah. zone. So huh. So that's that started in the 1930s. Um, new technological advancements in drones and underwater drones have offered no new evidence. Weird. Uh, <laughs> um, the Loch Ness is more than just a body of water. Mm-hmm. So Loch Ness is that body of water that, like Tim was saying, locks um, is where it was first um, discovered. Yeah, um, it's more than a body of water. It's canvas painted with history mystery and captivating lore <laughs> <laughs> wait are you saying that's what a body what this is it's that's not, what it's the Loch Ness is it's more than a body of water it's a canvas painted with history yes. and lore. oh how yeah, romantic yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> despite the lack of proof the legend of Loch Ness continues to capture imaginations and inspire huh. creativity in the highlands of Scotland uh. superstition no way <laughs> Yes, so um, no proof, just very grainy photos. Um, and of course, no one knows what it looks like, but we all think it looks like that one Pokemon that you can surf on. <laughs> That's um, what we think of. We all know what we're talking about. Four <laughs> fins, yeah. four long fins. Yeah, you know, they just copied the Aplordon. 
Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so. Well, that's interesting. You know, they we my our parents named our dog after Mokele Mbembe, which is another sort of mystery esque creature in the Congo region of Africa that uh, even to this day people are finding evidence of or have seen um, have claimed to see and um, uh, have uh, interviewed all of these tribes that have found evidence of Mokele Mbembe, which is this dinosaur running around in the Congo um, and leaving evidence there. But I don't think there's any evidence really. I mean, I mean, um, I think there's just as much evidence as there is for Nessie, but maybe a little bit more. It's it's certainly Mokele Mbembe is certainly more relevant in history than or, or recent in history than uh, than Nessie. Yeah, apparently Mokele Mbembe is also an aquatic creature. Who knew? The hardest to find. Weird. Yes. If you didn't want your people bathing often, I would tell them there's sea monsters in there too to keep the kids away from killing themselves and drowning. Don't go near the edge, Timmy. <laughs> Mokele Mbembe. What did your husband's? What did Dad just say? <coughs> Mokele Mbembe. <coughs> yeah, that would be that would be the story I came up with to keep the kids away from playing in the water. <laughs> well, some scientists believe it's a sauropod dinosaur, so it's not like it's some crazy creature out there. It just survived the meteorite. Sure. Yeah, just like Nessie. Yeah. 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 It's the one thing that survived the meteorite, and it's just been living. Yeah, just living on its own without uh, reproduction capabilities. Which, you know, much like the Leviathan, although Mm -hmm. the Leviathan was an ocean-dwelling creature, so who knows where its bones could be. Yeah, yeah. Um, But as for the Loch Ness, it's just that one lock. I mean, dredge it. That that's what I was saying as a kid. Like, line up all the boats, drop your nets, go. Right? Yeah, right. But as as for like the Leviathan, I mean, you're not going to dredge the entire ocean, or even the Mokele Mbembe. I mean, what are you, Mo- Moki. You, and, you're and oddly not going to be able to dredge the whole Congo. No, and our dog that the parents had, which was a Rhodesian Ridgeback, but like a bastard child of the Rhodesian Ridgebacks, she was. She wasn't abused, was she? Did she just came from a poor litter somewhere? Do you remember the story where we, I, mom and dad we got picked her? her up? I was with her. She was the only like female out of the litter. Something was wrong with her where she just had massive amounts of anxiety. Anxiety, yeah. And so she was anything but Mokele Mbembe. Like she was just very skittish. Not not your typical Rhodesian Ridgeback at all. Um, so it was funny that that was her name. <laughs> yeah, she puked the whole way home when we got her. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, well, yes. Yeah, so sea I, I creatures. I think the conclusion here, yeah, sea creatures. Yes, massive mysteries of these sea creatures. Sure. And where do we find them? I mean, why haven't we found their bones? You know, honestly, I think more along the lines of the theory of um, uh, the Meg. With Are Jason they still Statham. reproducing? So the Meg, Jason said, and they they live in the ocean. They live in this thermocline layer that's so deep it forms its own dividing wall between our ocean and the Great. But it doesn't deep. make sense. No, it makes perfect sense. No, no, Have you seen the movie? You, I, I just literally just watched it with See? Ben. Unfortunately, what do you mean? It's unfortunately, it's hilarious. Movie. Plus, Dwight from the Office is the boss and gets eaten. Wait, spoiler oh, it alert! Falls off the edge. Yeah. <laughs> 
No, it's <laughs> it's a shark with a what are those things called in fish? Uh, a the belly, bally, the ballast, or whatever, where they like have air that lets them go up and down. Oh, sure. Yeah. You can't go that deep. You just can't go that deep. Why? Because you have an air pocket in your belly. Sharks do. Yeah. Oh, real sh- real sharks do. Yeah, like yeah in real life? exactly. Right. Yeah, but how do we know the Meg does? Because. Yeah, the, the exactly. Meg's a, a big shark. Do, do, do. <laughs> they have huge teeth. We've never actually seen one. It could be like this just massive precursor to. It just looks exactly like a shark. Yeah, yeah. I mean, think about it. the sperm whale can dive to incredible depths, right? What is the fish sack called? <laughs> the fish sack. The, the, uh, um, the narwhal, all of, you know, these other creatures can dive. Very, very deep. No, narwhals and, cannot dive that okay, deep. Okay, but the... Um, narwhals are just like dolphins. No, the other one I just said, the other whale. The sperm whale, the sperm whale can. How deep? The you, swim bladder. The swim bladder, that's swim the bladder, official name. <laughs> they cannot go, That they can't. Okay, Google how fast... Hey, Allegra, how fast can... The kids I are mean, just playing. <laughs> mm-hmm, how deep can the uh, sperm whale dive to Incredible depths. They have scars when they return to the surface of battles with massive uh, megalodons. No, massive um, octopus, which is what they eat. They dive that deep to go hunt uh, the kraken. Essentially, that's their their main diet. And when they return to the surface, they're all scarred up along their face from the uh, tentacles and the the fight that they just had with these massive uh, colossal squids. So, it, I mean, it, they're down there doing the world's work, fighting off the sea beast. 4,000 feet. Yeah, 4,000 feet. How deep is a mile? How how long is a mile? 5,000 feet. Yeah, exactly. How deep is the mag going? <laughs> Mariana Trench? Yeah, whatever that Below means. the thermocline? Uh... These creatures live there, bro. We We have explored so little of the world's oceans. Okay, all right. So something about the sperm whale uh-huh, uh-huh. is different. Oh, there's fish. no bladder sack? I don't know. What'd you call it? Swim bladder. No they, swim no, bladder? They probably still have a swim bladder, but... Yeah, they're incredible. Larger fish have stronger swim bladders. Okay. Uh-huh. So, so if it was a really large fish, the, like the normal the fish can't go lower than 3,000 feet Great. without bursting the Of course, bladder. that's a normal fish. Look at the Meg. It could eat submarines. Yeah, that swim bladder can go as far as it wants. Uh, yeah. How deep is the Marianas? Huh? A couple miles. I spelled it wrong, but Google's gonna know what I'm talking about. <laughs> of course. In your head right now, spell Marianas. Is that how you say it? The Marianas Trench. <laughs> That was for the benefit of the audience. Ah, I see what you're asking. See, uh. Google. <laughs> Google is surprised. That yeah, it's you so surprised wrong. the AI. <laughs> 36,000 feet. 36,000. Yeah, so wow. 10 times the the depth of a sperm whale's average diving. Yeah, so, okay, now I want you to picture this. You with all of our listeners here. Just just picture this for uh, a second. And I just watched Meg, and it's about the same size as four sperm whales. Sure. Totally agree. Now, just picture this. 
a, a sperm whale, massive whale that they would hunt. Moby Dick, right? Wasn't that a sperm whale? Yeah. Massive whale that they would hunt for their blubber and fight off. They've got teeth. These whales have teeth, okay? And these whales are somehow diving down, what did you say, 4,000, 3,000 feet? Yep. And they're having battles with colossal no. squid, Why? okay? The fishermen who fish at these depths and drop nets down here have pulled up these massive squids that are bigger than their boat. And when the, when the whales come back, our, our researchers track these whales. These whales go down with no scars on their face, like their first time ever battle. They go down. They spend how long can they stay down there? 137 minutes. A long time. A couple hours. And they go down, and they come back, and they're all bloodied. They're all scarred up. They've got squid pieces hanging out of their mouth because that's what their primary diet is. And they're eating these massive squid that, are, that they're, like, in battle with. And you can imagine them, like, biting. Okay, again, these whales have teeth. They're chomping on these things, and meanwhile, the tentacles are, like, fighting for their life and, you know, destroying. And so there are these massive battles that are happening in the bottom of the ocean, what we would consider the bottom of the ocean, at 4,000 feet. So now imagine you said 10 times that depth in the Marianas Trench. Yeah, 40,000. 10 times that depth. What do you think lives down there? If if massive squid Nothing. The pressure's so live big, at 4,000. What do you think lives out in the deep space? The even bigger It's the things. same argument. No. <laughs> <laughs> the Meg under no. the thermocline. No. All of the sea creatures. We've sent stuff down there. So we've sent cameras down there. And it's like the most rudimentary creatures because they're like so much pressure sure. is on them. Yeah, but they also don't have bladders. It's literally just an exoskeleton, see-through exoskeleton. That's <laughs> like, please don't crush me. <laughs> exactly, exactly. See, I, don't think, see, I think when you get there. to a certain point, this is where science has it wrong. We've had it this idea that the, the deeper you go, the more pressure, because obviously more and more gallons of water on top of you pressing exactly. down, right? Well, what if that's not the case? At a certain point, it becomes a bell curve instead of a line. All of a sudden, graph, gravity changes. And a thermocline happens, and it resets the pressure of the ocean. By that's doing why, what? That's why they can't break through it and why the creatures can't break above it because there's so much pressure on that thermocline. It's keeping it together that nothing can break through that bottom, and, and even dirt and stuff sits on the bottom of it. But <laughs> if you can puncture through this thermocline, you can get below that. It's the same thing as you experienced when you went to Mexico. You jumped into a cenote. I didn't. I was sick at home. Okay. You <laughs> you were sick at home. Your brother jumped into a cenote. And these cenotes could very well be the opening to a Jurassic World type Oh my land gosh. Jules Verne. That lives underground, but in this beautiful Journey to the center of the earth. Exotic massive ferns, old palm trees, pterodactyls flying around the Atlantis? air. Atlantis? And all of these things. Oh my goodness. You could be right. You could be right. <laughs> See, but you didn't go, so you wouldn't have known that. I wouldn't know. Yeah. yeah. What I did learn while they were gone is that um, all the cenotes in Mexico are connected to their septic systems. And so you go <laughs> no. diving in there. It's just floating poop at a certain the, level. Uh, the thermocline level? The thermocline yeah, level. Yeah, see, <laughs> it looks clear in all of the beautiful Condé Nast pictures. It is clear and, until you hit a certain level. And then you level get a certain level where, where the all the floats. solids 
are stuck. So if we extrapolate that out to the ocean analogy, that's where all the fish poop would sit too. And below that is where the Meg lives. This is interesting. Now and I'm interested. Now we're engaged to this yes. episode. All right. all right. Well, this has been a phenomenal introduction to mysterious beasts and where not to find them. Yes. Read so, Job 40 and you will be surprised. You will be. You will be. And so um, I think, I don't know. Do we want to do we want to leave our, our our listeners on a cliff note like this? Have we kind of wrapped it up? Well, what creatures hmm. do we know exist that are crazy like that? Yeah, that aren't myths. That aren't myths. That actually are alive. Uh, so you've heard of the disease elephantitis. Okay. Have you heard of an elephant with elephantitis? Oh my gosh, keep uh, going. Here we go. <laughs> You're onto something. <laughs> Sounds like a mythical creature, right? <laughs> Is that not a people disease? I thought that was a people disease. Um, I think you're right. Okay. So I was just speculating. But it could be. It could. I mean, why? Yeah, you're right. An elephant with elephantitis is even more elephantitis than an elephant. Mm, Here fair we go. Point. Fair point. Cliffhanger ended. Okay. Well, that's an interesting way to end an episode. And as always, I'm honored that your presence is here with us today <laughs> to bring such insight and joy to the listeners. Next week, we'll talk about the behemoth. Oh, the be- the behemoth. Speaking of other beasts. We won't. We won't. That people call an elephant, but with a tail like a cedar. Come on, people. Oh, man. Or a giraffe. Come on, people. Oh, man. For who the mountains yield food for him where all the wild beasts play. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Just I mean, read Job. This, it's a, uh, I, I think that's a uh, Littlefoot creature. Littlefoot? You know what I'm talking about? No. Long necks? Oh, yeah. yeah. Land before time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, yeah. a yeah. sauropod. You just get to the book of Job, and you skip to where God starts talking about all the creations he's made. Yeah. And uh, you you will be impressed. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, I appreciate you all, as as always, listening, tuning in to another episode here as we kick off the uh, new year. And as my nephews on. would say. And as uh, Sizzly Steve's nephews would say. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Anavivo podcast. We welcome your feedback and ideas. You can learn more about us by simply Googling the word Anavivo. This podcast is supported by listeners like you. I am a licensed real estate broker with Compass Real Estate and a nationwide real estate matchmaker. We consult with you for free, find and vet the right real estate professional that specializes in the area and niche you need, are paid by that professional, and they get clients like yourself who want and need their unique specialty or winning track record. If you or someone you know is in the market to buy or sell real estate anywhere in the U.S., don't simply web search the highest paying advertiser. Let us use our licensed experience to find and vet the real and best professional for you. It costs you nothing but a phone call or email with me and it saved my clients financially and emotionally. I'd be honored to serve and you can reach me direct by email at tim.c.miller at outlook.com. And as always, to God be the glory. <laughs>